I just want to put my cards on the table and let you know that I love being a human. Being human's awesome. And, and the reason I say that is because I've been in discussions. I don't know if you've ever been in a discussion. Like, what would you be or what would you want to be if you weren't a human? And um, I've heard people say a bird, which I think that would kind of be cool because the, the whole flying thing. Um, but then it, it, there's a lot of aspects of being a bird that just absolutely sucks. Like you get eaten by a cat, which that would be a horrible way to go. But like a bird would be cool. I was hanging out with a group one time. And a girl said, uh, she said, I would love to be a tree. Now, just got to, <laughs> she was probably smoking something that came from a tree. But I don't think there would be anything fun about being a tree. Just, you're just, you're just there. But if you made me choose, if you made me choose and said you can't be a human, you got to be something else or um, you got you to pick something, I would pick a dog. And the reason I would pick a dog, first of all, dogs have it made. They really do, especially inside dogs. Second of all, dogs get shown way more mercy than humans do. Would you agree? Yes or no? Yes. Like, for example, I was in uh, a couple years ago, I was in the Atlanta airport, and I was, I was you know, catching a connecting flight, which Atlanta, if you live in the south, if you go to heaven or hell, you've got to go through Atlanta. That's just the way it is. So I'm in Atlanta. And there's two ladies behind me talking, and there's a little woman um, walking her dog. And it was like one of those miniature dogs. It was like one of the ones you could just step on. And it was so cute, and it was like prancing through the airport. And all of a sudden, the dog stops and just takes a slam right in the floor. And the women behind me went, oh, that's so cute. And I couldn't help it. I just turned around and looked at them. Like, I didn't say anything. And the, and the girl, she was a good dog mom. She had the plastic bag. She gets down, she picks up the poop and walks away. And the women were like, oh, that was so precious. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because what if I had decided if the dog can do it, so can I. And I had gone over and done the same thing that the dog did in the Atlanta airport. Okay, the dog gets called cute. I get arrested if I do that. A lot of mercy. Or, or let's, just, let's just go here because this happens. Have you ever gone to somebody's house and they got a dog and, you know, you're brand new and you go in and, and as soon as you get in, the dog just goes in on your leg? Like it's, you know what I'm talking about? Everybody with me? Don't, don't act embarrassed because, I mean, the dog is like, mm, this is the best leg. Okay. You, you kind of laugh that off. You're like, <laughs> it's always embarrassing because you're like, does my leg look that good? And that's awkward. But let's say you came to my house. You came into my door. And I just went in on your leg. None of y'all would go, well, you know, it's just Pastor P. We, I mean, he's got some issues. Nobody would think that. There would be no mercy for me. There, there's all kinds of mercy for dogs in situations like that, but not human beings. We, we, I don't have a problem showing mercy to a, a dog if it messes around, or I don't have mercy showing. I don't have a problem showing mercy to other people. And most of us, most of us, most not all, but most of us don't have a problem showing mercy to other people either. But the verse where I can honestly say I'm not there yet. I was reading through the Psalms recently. And I came upon this one phrase in Psalm 86 written by a guy named David who wrote most of the Psalms. And this is what he wrote. This is what he wrote in Psalm 86, 13. For great is thy mercy towards me. I'm not there yet. 
I'm, I'm, I'm great with his mercy toward you. I'm great with his mercy toward other people. But me personally, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people watching today are not there yet when it comes to God being merciful to the person we saw in the mirror this morning. Because it's, it's hard to show mercy when you see the mess. And a lot of times when we look in the mirror, we don't see mercy. We see the mess. So how can we get to the place where we understand God's mercy isn't just for some people. God's mercy is for all people, including you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God's mercy is great. And by the way, by the way, if David could write this, talk about a messed up guy. If David could write this and it was true for him, then it's true for us today. But how do we get there? How do we get there? It's, once again, it's hard to see, it's hard to show mercy when we can see the mess. It's hard to show mercy when we can see the mess. So I want to I go on a journey today through scripture. And this, this kind of a sermon, I don't normally get to preach these kinds of sermons because if you're brand new to church and brand new to the Bible, you're going to love this. And if you've been in church for 20 years and you're like a little bit of a Bible geek, you're going to love this too because I'm going to teach on some stuff today that I've never seen, some connections I never made that absolutely blowed, blew, blowed my mind, blowed my mind. I'm a hook it on panics, all right? It blew, blew my mind, but it really does highlight the mercy of God. It starts out with a guy named Jacob who lives in what is modern-day Israel, was called Canaan, and there was a famine in the land of e Egypt. I mean, there was a famine in the land of, of Canaan, and Jacob and his sons and the, his whole family wind up escaping from Canaan to, e to Egypt. So they escaped from Canaan to Egypt. And when they got to Egypt, life was really good for them at first. Like, they began to, the Bible says, multiply in number. So that meant lots of, yeah, lots of multiplication in number. And so that there's, I mean, everything is going great for them. But then all of a sudden, we see something happen. We, we see the plot shift a little bit when um, we're told in the book of Exodus that this happens. So the Egyptians, because the Egyptians began to get concerned about how the Israelites were multiplying in number, they were like, if they get too big, then one of these days they could turn on us. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. Let me just say this. I might come back to it later. I'm not sure yet. But Jacob and his sons escaped to Egypt, a place that eventually enslaved them. Don't miss this. Sometimes what you escape to is eventually going to be what you have to escape from. Sometimes what you escape to is eventually what you have to escape from. You escaped to the relationship to get away from mom and dad, but now you have to escape from the relationship because he is abusive. It, oh, it, you, you escape to the habit? I know something about this. To get rid of the pain, but now you have to escape from the habit because it has enslaved you. Sometimes what you escape to will be what you have to escape from. Be always be careful what you escape to. 
I'll just leave that. That's a whole other message for a whole other time. That was just, we're just one verse in. Y'all got to listen faster. Here we go. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers, which I'm, I'm like, are there any other kind of slave drivers other than brutal? But yeah, well, they're brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Now, when I was a child's pastor, children's pastor for like a minute one time in a church, um, I used to love to play the game, hey, when you grow up, what do you want to be? And, you know, I want to be a fireman. I want to work in police. I want to be a cook. I want to be a beauty. I want to be a princess. I was like, good luck with that, girl. Um, that, like all sorts of things, but nobody ever said slave. Nobody ever wakes up and says, today, I want to be a slave. Can you imagine this culture? Because there were no lawyers to stick up for these slaves. This was not a great environment. The beatings, the physical beatings they would endure, they were chained where they couldn't move. And can you imagine, can you imagine the words of the slave masters to the slaves? I got to be honest with y'all, and I'm sure many of you would agree. I would rather take a physical beating than a verbal beating any day of the week. Because you can get over a physical beating. That heals. But a verbal beating will stay with you for like, I don't know, what am I, 48? 48 years. Like you remember that stuff. And so this is, <laughs> this is not an ideal situation. And not only, not only were they enslaved like physically, they were enslaved religiously because the Egyptians were polytheistic, which meant they worshipped many gods. And all the gods that they worshipped were always pissed off at something. Like they were always sending a rainstorm or a hailstorm or whatever. And so this was just, they were enslaved politically. They were enslaved physically. They were enslaved re religiously. And something had to happen. Well, as we find out later in the story, God sent a man named Moses. And he began the process. Don't miss this. He began the process of setting people free. Sometimes we want to get set, we want to get set free, but we stepped into slavery for seven, eight, nine, ten years, and we want to get delivered in seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. And God can do it, but most often God delivers us through a process. And God started a process of delivering the Israelites one by one. He the ten plagues, all ten plagues that God used were to tear down one of the Egyptian gods. He's like, I'm going to tear down this god. I'm going to tear down this god. And he was showing the Egyptians there are not many gods. There is one god, and he rules over everyone and everything. And he set the Israelites free. They marched out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. Can you imagine standing at the Red Sea and it just parting and you walking through it? Unbelievable stuff. And then they got on the other side of the Red Sea, and there was a celebration. You know, because when you get set free, there's always a celebration. Everybody is, like, cranking it. and I mean, it, they are having the best time in the world. But after the celebration comes a realization. We ain't got no food. Like, we ain't. That was awesome. The whole red, that Red Sea thing was great. But we ain't got no food. I, I don't know about y'all, but, but I miss a meal. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm angry. I'm, I, I just, I'm not going to miss a meal. And, and, and 
Many of you are the same way. I got one friend, that, they're like, oh, I forgot to eat. How, how do you forget to eat? I don't understand that. But they got, don't miss this, they got set free from slavery. They get on the other side of the Red Sea, and now they have to learn to live a new normal. By the way, by the way, about four months ago, everything was normal in our world. But then this coronavirus thing came along. And now we're starting to get on the other side. I wonder if we'll keep going forward or if we'll try to go back to what used to be normal. God takes us through things sometimes, not so we can get over here and go back, but that we can get over here and go forward. If we're going to truly have the mindset that the best is yet to come, then we can't say the best has already been. Just a thought. So, so the Israelites, watch, watch what they say. Watch what they say. They're on this side of the Red Sea. They don't have any food. Chick-fil-A's not open on Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're not open. And so this is what the Israelites say to Moses after they've seen God work in an incredible way and set them free. Watch what happens. If only the Lord had killed us Back in Egypt, huh? Yeah, a little dark, a little dark. It gets worse. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. In other words, they were like, they, they were saying, oh, it was so much better back in Egypt. We had pots of meat. We had food, and we had bread, and I just want to raise my hand and go, and whips, and chains, and slave masters. But what happens is many times God will bring us to a certain place, and he'll bring us to this place. So in order to go forward, we have to depend on him. But rather than depending on God, we start glorifying the past and we'll say, well, you know, it wasn't that bad in slavery. I mean, sure, there were whips and sure, there were chains, but, but you know, we, we did get some food. And we'll start actually justifying stepping back into what God delivered us from. I, I've been there. You've been there. Some of you are there right now. You're thinking about going back into a relationship that was abusive and you're like, well, well, this is one that, well, he, he only beat me when he got drunk. Well, he's always drunk. That's the problem. You, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm going to go back. I can quit anytime I want. Really? It, we, we will justify things in order for us to go back. And we'll say, it wasn't, you know, slavery wasn't that bad. When in fact, slavery is always bad. I'm not mad at them because I've said the same thing. You, we've all done the same thing. But, but then it brings me to the subject. They, they, were, they were talking about bread. Now, I just got to be honest with y'all. I love bread. I think bread's awesome. I got some people out there watching right now. You're keto people. Um, and and I, I'm so thankful for you because you don't eat bread. Because that means there's more for me. You keto all you want. I, I'm, I'm all about, I like garlic bread. I like pretzel bread with butter on it. I like Krispy Kreme donuts. Those are bread. That's just sweet bread. I like, I like, I like cake. I like um, any type of, I'm, I'm in. I just love, love, love bread, which is why I find it fascinating, fascinating 
what happens next in the story. This is what, this is what God tells Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Now, stop. That's, that's never happened. That's never happened. That, that would be a miracle. In other words, God, God's saying, if you'll stay where I brought you to, you'll see a miracle. If you go back into slavery, you're not going to see what I'm capable of. God, once again, brought them to this place so they had to learn how to depend on him to move forward. And God said, I'm, I'm going to rain down food. This is like that movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but it, like, it's really happening, right? Every day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. That's, that, that phrase is fascinating. God said, every single day, I'm going to rain down food for you to have. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would God do this? Was it because they had great faith? God said, I've got to reward their faithfulness. No, they didn't have any, they didn't have any faith at all. In fact, they wanted to go back into slavery. They had no faith that the God that brought them across the Red Sea could sustain them in their new in, in, in their new normal. Did, did God bless them because they were such good people? No. Within, within 10 chapters of this, they are worshiping a golden calf. We pick stupid things to worship, don't we? What do you want to worship? A cow. Yes, let's worship a cow. They, they were worshiping a calf. Moses had gone up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from God Aaron, Moses' brother, was down, and, and, they, and all the Israelites came to Aaron and said, make us some gods. So Aaron made them a golden calf, and they worshiped, and Moses came down from the mountain, looked around, and was like, you done messed up, Aaron, and then the, he had to take care of business. That's not in the Bible. That's like Key and Peele, if you know who that is. Anyway, so, so God said, I'm going to rain down food. If you, if you will stay where I've got you, I'm going to rain down food for you, Every single day, not because you were good and not because you had faith. I'm going to rain down food on you because of my mercy. And you're going to be reminded, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. You're going to be reminded of my food each day when you go out, which would be in the morning. And then he said this, just to, just to kind of put an exclamation point on it. And in the morning, you will have all the bread you want. So for those of you who are on keto, you're not following God. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Don't, I don't need any hate mail this week. It's, it's, it's a holiday week, all right? In the morning, you'll have all the bread. God said every, every morning, every morning, don't miss this, every morning, you're going to go out and there's going to be bread, and the bread Every morning is a reminder of my mercy. The bread every morning is a reminder of my mercy. Whether you had a good day or a bad day the day before, whether you sinned or you didn't sin, whether you read your Bible or you didn't read your Bible, it doesn't matter. Every morning you're going to go out, 
And there's going to be bread for the good people, and there's going to be bread for the bad people. There's going to be bread for the people that are doing their best, and there's going to be bread for people that that, that not really sure, but there's going to be bread for everybody. Everybody in the camp gets the bread, even the messy people, because I'm merciful. Now, the Hebrew mind, the Hebrew mind, in this time, everything reflected back to the scriptures. And anytime they would think or hear something, it would always go back to the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Everything had a meaning that was tied to, and and it's amazing what they could memorize back then. In fact, we memorize stuff all the time. How many people know song lyrics? If you're watching today, you know song lyrics. I'll bet you, you know this one. I was I was playing around this week. I was like, what is a song that like everybody might know? You just heard it a few times. So if you know this one, sing it with me. It's a country song. I want y'all to sing. I want y'all to sing if y'all know this. I want y'all to sing out loud. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. The last one to know, the last one to show, I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise and the die, uh huh, when I took his glass of champagne. And I toasted, I toasted you, said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain, cause I've got friends in low places. See, this, it's a, no, don't, don't raise your hands. That, that wasn't a hand-raising moment. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Some of you hadn't heard that song in years, and, and the lyrics just came Back, I love it when people go, I just listened to it for the beat. No, you don't. You know every word of the song that you listen to for the beat, right? Um, and some of you are like, Perry, how do you, how do you know that song? It's, anyway, another message, another time. But, but our mind goes back to songs. It goes back to movie lines. We can memorize things. That's the way the Hebrew mind worked. Everything went back to a certain period in their life, to the, to the Torah. So, so the Israelites had this thing where they would, they would follow God for a little while and then walk away. And then follow God and walk away. Follow God and walk away. And finally, finally, God allowed another nation to come in and invade them and take over. And as they're going into captivity, a prophet named Jeremiah writes a book called Lamentations. And in the book of Lamentations, this is what he says. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies Never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Now, with with that in mind, just for a second, what's he talking about? Mercy is made fresh every morning. What is Jeremiah talking about? He's talking about anytime a prophet speaks, he's looking back to what happened and he's connecting it to the future as to what's going to happen 
So when he's talking about the mercies being made new every morning, he's talking about the bread that fell from heaven. And he's saying, you know, God did it then, and I'm declaring that God's going to do it again, that there will be a day when the bread falls from heaven every single day, and we're reminded that God's mercy is made new every morning. Mercy for the messy is made new every morning. Well, fast forward a few hundred years and you get Jesus coming along. Jesus stepped into a society much like we see in ex- Exodus. The Israelites were occupied by the Roman army. And the Romans pretty much did whatever they wanted to do with with the Israelites. The religious system of the day was, the religious system, it's so funny how we've changed in 2,000 years. The religious system during the days of Jesus was designed to make you feel as guilty as possible. Have you ever been there? I was at an event one time, and the guy on stage did an invitation, and like not that many people were coming forward, and you could tell he was kind of sweating. I'm not making this up. And he said, if you have sinned this week, you need to be at the altar. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not. And people just started flooding. It, It was designed to make people feel guilty and feel guilty and feel guilty. And that's the situation that Jesus stepped into. Now, Jesus said some interesting things about himself. In fact, in the Gospel of John, he had seven I am statements. Like he said, I'm the light of the world, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the gate, I'm the resurrection and life, I'm the way, the truth, and life, I'm the vine, you're the branches, all that stuff. But the very first thing that Jesus ever said, now hold on for just hold on for a second, hold on for a second. God in the book of Exodus showed his mercy by what raining down? The bread. And in Lamentations, Jeremiah wrote, his mercies are made new every morning, meaning the bread fell, and one day the bread will fall again. And the very first thing that Jesus ever said about himself was, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. When he said it, The Hebrew mind would have thought of lamentations. The mercies are made new every morning. Jesus said, I'm not some stale bread that you got to go out and it'll go bad throughout the day. I am the living bread. In other words, Jesus said, I am the mercy that you need. And by the way, I'll be there every morning and I'll be enough for that day. If, 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 If the bread fell in the Old Testament for good people and bad people and messy people, then Jesus said, I'm here for for good people and bad people and messy people. In fact, if you're feeling messy today, this right here is a reminder that the mercy of God is so great. Now, personally, personally, I wish that we could be reminded by bread falling from heaven. I wish we could go out and just open our front door and there's some bread from heaven and we're reminded of God's mercy, but it's hard, it's hard in the society that we live in that's super critical 
that, that some, of, some of us have people in our lives that are always speaking down to us or some, somebody has a, somebody online that are always speaking down to you and you feel kind of beaten up and, and you're like, man, I wish I had some bread to remind me of the mercy because we, have, we live in a world that reminds us of how bad we've been. God wants us to know how great his mercy is. I feel like there's somebody watching right now that this week, this past week, you've been so hard on yourself because of decisions that you've made. I understand. And you say, Perry, I wish, I wish there was a tangible reminder of God's mercy. I want you to know that there is. About two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was in a bad place. I'd messed up. Lots of people were very willing to let me know how messed up I really was. I got tagged. I got labeled. And I remember after reading Lamentations one morning, His mercies are made new every morning. I was riding down the road going, yeah, God, it'd be, it'd be nice to get a reminder. It's super early in the morning. It, I, and I was in my truck, and I looked up. I saw this the sunrise and right when I saw that sunrise I was reminded his mercies are made new every single morning so if you're wondering today if God's mercy is enough to cover you just ask yourself the question did the sun come up because every time the sun rises now, ever since that morning, every, since, every time I see a sunrise, I think his mercies are made new every morning. Even when I'm messy, his mercy falls. Even when I'm, when I'm good, his mercy falls. And when I'm bad, his mercy falls. His mercy is enough for today. And it doesn't matter what has happened in the past. His mercy will cover us in the future. No matter how messy we are, his mercy is enough, which is why we sang the song, God, may I never lose the wonder of your mercy. God, may I never lose sight of the fact that you were merciful to me even when I didn't deserve it. So, Father, right now, I pray for the person, I pray for those of us, God, that wrestle with the past. God, I pray for the person today that is thinking about going back into slavery and in doing so, they miss your mercy. They'll miss your mercy if they step back, God. I pray that you would fill them with the strength and the courage. You would let them know that you didn't bring them to this place in life to watch them fail, that you want greater things for them, God, that you have a greater plan, that you're going to rain down bread from heaven in ways they've never seen. God, that your mercy is enough. Your mercy is enough. No matter how messy we are, your mercy is enough. And may we never lose the wonder of your mercy, Jesus. May we never lose the wonder of your mercy.